Hello and welcome to Hot Girls with me, Lex on the Decks. Today I am joined by the lovely Miss Rachel Fox. Rachel is one of a brilliant number of women formulating the sounds of UK jazz-influenced alt R&B. She has this rich, satiny voice and ability to blend new ideas and vocal arrangements with classic sounds. Having been building her visibility and following in the industry for a few years, she's had to take a different approach to releasing this year as performing was taken away. Snatched away, in fact. Rachel made me lol with the challenges she's been working through and also shared some great advice that she's learned over the past few years. It's an energising conversation to kick off the year. Let's go! Ladies, gentlemen, listen up. You're listening to Hot Girls. With Lex on the deck. We in the mix. It's fire. Keep it going. We on fire. From London for the world. Let's go in. Rachel, I'm going to start by asking you what some of your earliest musical memories are. In life? Yeah, in life. Like when you think back to when you were a child and you first started hearing or loving music, what, what things do you think of? I remember when I recorded my first song. So the first time I ever went on a microphone ever, and that was in primary school. It was with our music teacher. I was in a band called Angels with two of my friends. And we were like six or seven, something really, really young. And we recorded a song in the music department and then we played it to the rest of the class and it was really, really embarrassing. (laughs) So that's my earliest memory. That's probably of recording. (laughs) But other than that, it's just hearing music in the house, hearing music with my aunts, stuff like that. I think I've got a really nice taste in music, but it comes from family members who are older than me because my taste is really like old school. I like 90s kind of music. Yeah, I was wondering that because I read in some of um, interviews that you've done that that people like Sade and Erica Badu and those like really classic kind of soulful, like almost timeless artists that inspired you quite a lot. And I was wondering if you came to that later in life, because mm. I, I find often like people listen to a lot of pop music when they're growing up and then it's like you kind of go deeper. But maybe, as you said, you were introduced to those artists through your aunts or through other people. Yeah, that's exactly it. So when I was young, yeah, I did listen to a lot of like Spice Girls and pop, like the things that were like poppy at that time. And my mum and my aunts used to play like really nice music, like the Sade and the Erica Floetry, stuff like that. I was young, so I wasn't really like, oh my God, this is amazing. I was just like, it went in one ear and out the other. And then when I did get older, I did actually revisit it and actually appreciate it. So yeah, exactly that. That's what I've done. So when did you start thinking that you might want to have a career in music? Presumably like a bit later than when you were 11 and you did your embarrassing first performance. I kind of always liked a career in music. I liked the the thought of it, but I thought I'm never really going to do it and that's not really realistic. But then when I started getting older, like when I was a teenager, and then I would have like little jobs and stuff. And I just found it really depressing. I think that's what, what it was. I just couldn't keep a job. And I was just like, I don't know how I can do this every single day. I can't. Like I've worked a lot of retail jobs and stuff like that for a few weeks here and there. Month. I couldn't keep a job, basically. <laughs> and then I think I was just doing music on the side, like for fun. And then when I started getting a lot of listens... And then labels started hitting me up and stuff. I thought, okay, this is more realistic now. And then I think when I'd done my Colours performance and then I went on tour straight after that, that's when I thought, okay, I can actually make money that I can survive on from this. I think that's what it was. So it kind of dawned upon me quite late. I was doing like half and half, like job, music on the side, like, but it was just like a hobby. And like when you did that Colours performance, at that point, did you know, because I'm trying to think, because that was, you did yours a couple of years ago now? Did that feel like a really big deal at the time or did it not feel like such a big deal? Because I guess Colours has grown quite a bit over the past few years. At the time, I don't know, with me, 
if I'm doing something, it doesn't hit me at the moment. I'll just be like, yeah, I'm doing this. And then I just go and do it. And then after I'll be like, oh my God, yeah, that was, that was lit. <laughs> so with Colours, it was quite big. But they were, before they were really like underground, like they were finding a lot of underground talent, but then they still had big people on there like Goldlink and so forth. But when I was going to do it, I was excited to do it, but I didn't know how much of a big deal it was. Do you understand what I mean? It just doesn't hit me. I'm like that with everything. It doesn't, it doesn't actually hit me. Because then if you start thinking about it so much, that's when you become nervous. And I don't like that word, nervous. <laughs> yeah, are you someone who, because some people like nerves because they think it adds, like it enhances their performance and stuff. But are you like, nah, nerves are not good? No, I hate nerves. Um, I feel a bit like excited when I'm about to perform and stuff. I don't really get nervous. But if I'm about to perform, you can't even say that word around me. I'll be like, you have to leave. If I'm about to perform and you're with me, I'll just be like, nobody say that word. Like, I don't like when people say, are you nervous? Are you going to be nervous? Do you ever feel nervous? I don't like that word. So, because <laughs> no, I think maybe it's triggering. So if I'm going to perform, I just get on with it. Like, I just do it like as a normal job. But I have so much fun. Like performance is literally my favorite thing. I don't get nervous. I get happy. I get really excited because it's so fun. Yeah, it's so fun. Okay, so then speaking of performance, after you did Colours, you said you went on. Was that your first kind of touring experience that you did after that? And if so, yeah, tell me about it. Tell me where you went and highlights and, and challenges. So after Colours, I think, what was it again? How, what order was it? I think I'd done my Colours, but by then I'd already been contacted by Live Nation for a headline show. So it was my first headline show in London. I'd already been putting songs out a little bit. Like I had one EP out and then my mixtape on SoundCloud. And I hadn't really been doing shows, so everything was kind of like online for me. And then I think I'd done my colours, but then while my colours came out, I'd already been planning the show. So it sold out straight away in London. And then that's when I got picked up by an agent. So that's my first agent I ever had. And then it was just from there, it was just my um, first international shows, like Europe. So I was in Rotterdam, Ibiza, Copenhagen. Like it was just so fun, but I'd never done anything like that before. Yeah. And when you were contacted, did they contact you directly? You didn't have any kind of management structure at that point? Um, who was I with? Yeah, I did have a management, but it was like my friend kind of like managing me on the side. Yeah. But you had someone to, I guess, make those. Like, did you find those early career decisions difficult or were you just like, yes, let's go? Not really a big question needed to be asked. I was just rolling with the punches, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I was just rolling with the punches. I'm I'm a freestyler. I don't really I don't really think about things. I'm just like, yeah, okay, yeah. Like I don't really think about it. So anything I was like coming my way, they were like good situations. So I was like, yeah. It just went with what I was nothing was like off brand for me. Like all the stuff that I was doing, like cool stuff, hip hop stuff, yeah, Europe, jazz stuff, like these kind of festivals that I was doing, they just it went like everything just kind of flowed. Yeah. And that was just before I put out my project Flame. So tell me about Flame. How what was your what was your thinking process behind that and who did you decide who you wanted to work with on it and what you wanted like the sound to be like? Um with Flame, I just wanted to kind of keep the same sound that I had from SoundCloud. So SoundCloud my stuff was really like it was like organic sounds and like live instrument. So with that, and then I started doing some like electronic kind of R&B, like alt R&B for my first EP, Blue Moon. And then when I went from Blue Moon to Flame, I wanted to do, I wanted to kind of take it back there, have my original sound, like my SoundCloud kind of sound. But then I wanted to experiment also because I found with Blue Moon, I've got quite like down tempo songs. And then if I'm performing, I get a bit bored sometimes. Like I'm just being honest. If I'm doing all my slow songs and all my like love stuff, 
I get a bit bored on stage, like performance wise. So that's when I started performing. I was like, no, I need to do some kind of like stuff that I could do at festivals and stuff. I've done a song called Mistress and then I've done a song called Don't Be Shy. These are more like dancey, up-tempo kind of fun songs. And I've done Happen To Me, which is like a disco kind of song. So, and that was like more vibes. So with Flame, I wanted to like do my old kind of sound, but experiment with something new also. And I think that's what I've done with it. It's done what it had to do, really. I felt good about the project because it was nice that there was a mixture of sounds on there. And then like fast forward to 2020, obviously this year's not been what anyone thought it was going to be. Did you have a vision for 2020 of like what you thought it was going to be like and how have you had to pivot or change your plans at all? Um, or were you always going to be focusing on an album? Like what, what has your thinking been to, to handle the changes that have happened this year? Well, I've been working on my EP Fluorescent for like over a year. So I knew that Fluorescent was going to be coming out. But I was kind of like holding on to it, still adding um, extra touches and stuff. And then I'd done my distribution deal last year. So I knew that this is who I was going to be bringing the stuff out with. Mm. And then COVID just hit. So I was like to my a I'm not bringing any music out. Sorry, I'm not bringing anything out. And he was just like, <laughs> obviously it's up to you, but you do have to kind of work with what's going on nowadays. And it's true because in my head, performance is my favourite thing. So I wanted to bring out Fluorescent and then just go straight into shows. Mm. And not doing that made me really upset. Like the thought of that made me so upset. Like I probably had a breakdown because in when it went when we went into lockdown, I was still finishing off bits and bobs and then they closed the studio. I used like a studio in central London. They weren't letting anyone in. So I'd left half my stuff there, half here, half, it was just a mess. And um, we did eventually work it out. But then I was like, I don't want to release music in COVID. And I felt like it could be a bit insensitive as well. Like, oh, hey guys, yeah, everyone's dying from COVID, but hey, check out my mixtape. I thought that was just a bit distasteful. Yeah. (laughs) I just said it's not the right time. Like, I don't want to. And then eventually we started, like, I saw things kind of developing. Like, we started working out ways to you know, leave the house, masks and stuff. And then obviously you're opening things bit by bit and then we were functional. We became functional. And then I was like, I think it's the right time to start releasing music. And I've had this music for so long that I want people to hear it. And it was getting kind of jarring when people are just like, where's the music? But where's the new music? But where's the new music? Like that's, mm-hmm. that's heartbreaking for me when people say that. Like I've had this project for so long, Alexandra. Seriously. <laughs> but <laughs> I did eventually release my single, Progress. And then we just progressed from there. <laughs> from but there. No performances as you've really, I've just really, I, this no performance thing, I've got my head around it now, but before I was in tatters. And have you, have people been saying to you like, oh, you can do it, you can do a virtual thing, like get on Zoom, <laughs> do, trying to, trying to make, make that suggestion? My manager's been pushing that, but I just feel like that's not the quality I'm going for. <laughs> I don't want to all be having some performance like in my house on the bed. Like I want to do a real performance. I, cause I DJ as well. And obviously loads of people are now DJing on like Twitch and stuff. And it's like the whole point of that is mm. to, is to like energize and get people dancing and interact with the crowd. And it's like, it's, it's not like a gaming audience. I don't think like a music audience, they, they're there for vibe and energy. Not like, otherwise yeah, you just exactly. Spotify. I just don't feel like it's the same vibe. Like I understand in, um, lockdown we were like utilizing our resources and like trying to like you know go into like lives and stuff like that but it just wasn't the same it's not the same as just being out and about with your girls drinking in the club in the bar whatever when you're just when people are performing or djing like music loud blaring that's the vibe i like yeah 
Yeah, I hear you. Are there any specific lessons, like career lessons, that you wish you'd known earlier on in your career? I would say... Number one, plan ahead. So when I, when I, early in my career, when I had like my SoundCloud things that I I just used to drop, I had like two songs on SoundCloud and then I had like a third one and then it just got thousands of hits. And then I was, I was just recording as I go along. So I was like, I don't really have anything else that's worth like putting up. I didn't have any songs that I liked that I wanted to come out. I would just say plan ahead. So just record, record, record. It's better you have a thousand songs than five, like just record and record. So I would say plan ahead to have some sort of plan because I'm still like a freestyler. Like I do, and you have to kind of like leave it open because of the climate it changes so quick these days like there's no way of knowing what's going to happen 2020 has shown you that but I would say make sure you have lots and lots of work like work your ass off number one and yeah make sure you always have a follow-up basically and also stay motivated but I've kind of stayed motivated if you have to force yourself to do stuff force it like even if you're like I don't I'm not even feeling it today I compare like this kind of job to because I'm used to like working in retail and stuff. I compare it to when I used to work in Selfridges back in the days, like even if I didn't want to go, even if I wasn't feeling it, I had to get up and go. So apply that to your own career. Because if I don't want to go to the studio and now I could just be like, I'm not coming. Like, I'm not coming. I can't be bothered. Because you, you're your own boss essentially, but I just forced it now. So you have to have that same mentality you did as you're working for someone when you're working for yourself. Just keep going and keep going and keep going. So, yeah, it's yeah, true. I wish I, I knew from the beginning. Yeah, whether you're tired or whatever, because I think a lot of people find it's like things start going well for you, but then you might be suddenly really busy. So then it's like, how do you still find that time to be creative and keep putting the work out? Do you find that your favourite creative space is the studio? Like you're someone who'd rather actually go to that creative space and kind of work there rather than necessarily like just doing it. Because obviously nowadays people can, you can kind of be creative anywhere. You can write and record even from your house, but do you find it's actually just a better experience to go somewhere where you specifically put the time aside to be like, okay, I'm going to create music here today? So when I started out, I used to just like get instrumentals and then write at like 2am at my house when everyone's sleeping. And then I just like write songs and that's when I was just doing it for fun and whenever I want to write a word and that was my bedroom was like my writing space but now I still do that because that's how I started out I still do that here and there but I feel like when it comes to recording I always love to be in the studio so before when I was starting we used to always record at like our friend's house or my house but now I just I hate recording at home I think after lockdown I hate recording at home I just feel like it doesn't give you the space you need and I just don't like it because I sleep at home I'll be recording and I'll be like let me come back in five minutes then I'll go in bed then I just won't come back and because you know you can do it any moment you just won't do it so but when you're in the studio you know you're getting kicked out at a certain time or this place closes or everyone's got to go home at a certain time you're with people I prefer that I'm more motivated in that space at my house like now I really don't like recording at home I really really don't like it too comfortable it's comfortable but it's too comfortable I get that it's like just too much time at home as well and like yeah, you've got I could just go in my bed yeah okay are there any parts of the job of like being an artist that you wish you didn't have to do but you kind of are like it is part of the territory what's my least favorite part maybe if I'm mixing for too long I get a bit bored I get a bit bored sometimes 
oh, I have to keep going off to one song, one song. Like finishing off a song can get a bit jarring at times. The starting of it is always fun because it's a new idea, new idea. Then when you go over it and over it and over it, it gets a bit headachey. Like I've heard this a thousand times. Like actual mix engineers, I don't know how they do it when you listen to a song a thousand times when you're mixing it. So I'd say do your mix and then I'm going to come halfway through and then I'll kind of, because I like to be very hands-on and like my mixes and stuff like that. I would say that's my least favourite. I can get a bit bored at times. Or like when I'm writing and I can't get the last bit, but I finished everything, but I need two more lines, but I can't think right now. Like I need a break. I get a bit bored, but that's my least favourite. And of course, my favourite has to be performing. I love performing. Are you planning for performances through 2021 or are you just like, let's just wait and see? Well, we're talking about it, but I really want to do the Jazz Cafe. So this year, I really wanted to do the Jazz Cafe. Mm-hmm. I performed there before when I was opening for Khalees, but I want to do my own now. And that's what I was supposed to do this year. But obviously all this shit's happened. So, <laughs> which is heartbreaking, but is what it is. Um, next year, I want to do a jazz cafe. So whatever I do, um, I want to do every other show, but I really, really want to do a jazz cafe. Like that's on my list. And that's been on my list for two years. Yeah, so you take it off. <laughs> yeah, I always have these little goals that I have, like do a colours. I really wanted to perform at a jazz cafe. Like I've had a few things that I really wanted to do. International show. Ibiza I really wanted to do I have these little like things that I tick off and Jazz Cafe is is on there just in terms of the way you set goals do you actually like sit down and be like okay I'm going to write down my goals for the next six months or is it more of an organic thing like you just have it in your head that you know you want to do something no I physically write it on paper you know (laughs) yeah I write it on paper I'm like I really want to do this but I write it there so it's there and it's on like it's it's in black and white so I know this is what I was aiming for I feel like that's what you kind of need to do. In my head, I kind of have things that I want to do and things that I want to kind of get. You know, when you know you want to buy something or you always just have little things in your head that you want to do in life. But then when it's something to do with my career, like I really, this is what I need to do. I'll write it down. How was opening up for Khalees? And was she an artist that you you looked up to? And did you learn some things from, from opening for an artist like that? Who's kind of got that legacy and been in the industry for that long? Yeah, I love her. I love Khalees. I, I love Khalees. <laughs> I love her hair. I love her style. I love her so much. So when they said open for Khalees, I was like, oh my God, yes. Like I said, it's straight away. Yes. It's, it's like a no brainer. 100%. And it was at Jazz Cafe because I really wanted to perform there because it's like world famous. I love it. I love her, all the production. She worked with one of my fam- um, favourite producers, the Neptunes. Like, I loved Khalees. It was just a really special evening. So I'd done like a piano set for them. And then I met her and I was like, thank you so much for letting me open up for you. And she was like, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was lovely. I loved it. She's amazing. I'm um, doing a lot of research on her at the moment. I was reading a lot about her relationship with Nas. Oh, and I... Yeah. I think he's a psycho now. <laughs> I know, but I just don't, I don't know. I don't have an opinion. It's just like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but yeah, as an artist, she's she's also just, I think she's phenomenal because she transitions. She's been in so many different spaces. You know, she's like created lots of different sounds and done them all very successfully. Yeah, she's just, she's just everything. Like I love her. I've got every single one of her songs. Okay, so if you could spend one day as someone else, can be anyone, doesn't doesn't need to be someone musical, who would it be? Like a day in the life of? Um, who has fun? Who enjoys their life? Someone that enjoys their life. 
maybe Drake. He looks like he enjoys his life. Yeah, I, he does. But then sometimes I feel like he spends a lot of time alone. I wonder with Drake. I don't know. I think he's a super artist. Like I don't know how he has time to write all these songs and record all these songs. Um, go out to every single strip club, club, restaurant, everything. <laughs> Date all these women. Be in every single country. Have friendships with all these different artists in different countries I don't know how he's a super artist I don't know he's the only person that works like that I don't know any other artist that's ever done anything like this it is actually mental isn't it like the amount of work that he puts out and and so quickly a lot of the and time he's always in like... the UK like he's always in the UK but then he's always in the US but then he's in Canada like I don't know I don't know <laughs> <laughs> so spend a day in the life of Drake just so you can tell us like how he does it yeah like he's got the... mental who works like that <laughs> I know <laughs> It is mad. And yet, who works like that and seems to manage to stay quite sane and still be yeah, quite like... Yeah, and he just seems normal, like a normal guy. But yeah, probably Drake. Probably Drake. Okay. Do you have any quotes or mantras that you consistently return to? I don't know. There's a few things that I do. Like, I, I do this thing where I try not to... Uh, if I'm moaning about something, I try not to, like, say it out loud. If I don't want to do something, like, I can't be bothered, I try not to say it out loud. So if I don't want to do something, I try not to say it. I'm I'm like, yep, I want to do it. Like, I won't say it out loud. And I think you always have to get on with it. Nobody wants to hear the crying. I'm, I'm, I'm more like that. Like, I'm very hard on myself. I'm a Virgo. And I always never, I don't think anything's good enough. I'm always like, you can do better. You can do better. You can do better. I don't get gassed about anything. There's nothing to be excited about. I'm just, you just keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> so when you do Jazz Cafe next year, you'll be like, cool. Be like, yeah, now to the- oh my God. <laughs> you'll be like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> now I'm doing this yeah I'll be like village underground now, I know what, what venues I want to go to like in my head I've got it all planned yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not don't get gassed about anything it's always on to the next all right what are we doing now I'm, I'm that's more my vibe do you have um hype people around you that that get excited about stuff for you and that are like telling you yeah my friends are really they're really supportive and they're really into my music and they're really more excited about things than me so that's nice to have <laughs> yeah friends are everything mm. um they keep you sane, I think. Okay, final question. Has anyone ever given you any career advice that you're like, oh, I really needed that at the time or that was really solid? Not that I can think of. I think just more more about work rate. Mm. No one's really told me any gems or anything like that that I can think of. Yeah. It's just more about your work rate. You've got to just keep going. Yeah. And stay motivated. That I think the hardest thing to do in the game is stay motivated. Once you have that down, you have everything down. Just carry on working like you would a normal job. But that's me kind of saying that to myself. I think it's true though, because you have to be the consistency. Like no yeah. one has a consistent career really. There's like I heard that once heard there's a saying that says something like all progress is basically leaps forward followed by long plateaus. And I think that's true in yeah. all industries. So you just have to keep going through those. I actually have one more question. Yeah. <laughs> off um fluorescent is there any particular track that means more to you than the others or you're more excited about than the others or in general is it like they're all your babies yeah they are my babies i love my songs like like children you know literally yeah but i think oh <laughs> the intro i think the intro is probably going to be for now is one of my favorites and give to receive one of my favorites but the intro proper reminds me of like the old stuff I used to do like SoundCloud Rachel that's why I think I love it so much and then give to receive is just like one of my old songs as well that I re-released mm-hmm. but one of my favorites as well I think at the moment but it's always changing but at the moment those are my favorites it's the intro for me and because that's fresh and it's new and nobody's heard it and people are like yeah long drives that's the song for long drives on my Instagram I've done a, a poll of like what's your favorite song mm. on fluorescent and it was just all everywhere it was all across the board 
So there's really favorites, yeah. Do you think if that Instagram response had been kind of skewed one way or the other, it might have affected your video release or how you kind of your order that you promoted particular tracks? Yeah, definitely. So what happened with Progress is we put out the original, shot the video ages ago before like it was all everything was already before it came out. Put out the um original song Progress and then brought out the remix a month later. And then the remix just went crazy. Like I don't <laughs> know what happened. It, it just went everyone loved that. But we just done that so quick. The remix was so quickly put together. Like, so I didn't know it was going to do that. So I thought, oh my God, this is getting playlisted. People are listening to it. People prefer this. Yeah. We have to do a video. I've done a video. I put free together a video in three days. <laughs> How did you do that? Did you just know who you wanted to direct it? You just knew what you wanted so you could move really fast? I was calling around, boy. I, d- I didn't know. I was like, I really want it to be like a garage kind of set. That's what I wanted yeah. to do. So yeah. then um, my producer, Josh Ryan, he's got a studio at his house. And I was like, we're going to do it here because it's got that kind of vibe. He's got like a, because my apartment's all like new. It, it wasn't the vibe. Like my house yeah. wasn't the vibe for it. He's got a cool house. It's got character. I was like, we're doing it here. I'm going to call up all my girls. We're going to come do it here. <laughs> we're <And> <laughs> I think I was on the phone to Novelist and then I was just like, do you know anyone that directs videos? And he was like, yeah, give me two minutes. Two minutes later, I literally had Quimo on the phone. Kojo, he's amazing. And then he just put the video together and that was it. Like three days later, I was like, I need this done by the end of the week. He was just amazing. That's how Drake works. (laughs) (laughs) With bigger budgets. He must do. (laughs) He must do. I was just like, this is going crazy. I need it out now. We got it out straight away. Yeah, I guess that's your point about like um, having always having your follow up thing so that as soon as people or being able to move quickly and respond to something so that if people are hyping about something, you can like ride that energy. Yeah, because I didn't know that people were going to respond. I was like, this is just a throwaway track. Let's just put it together. And it's just nice. It's vibey. People can dance to it. Nah, sorry. It's got more plays, more attention, more everything, more press. I couldn't believe it. I know it was just a sick video, quick thing. Three hours, two hours. It's amazing. Mm, sponsored by Ray Nephew. It was wicked. Do you like the video part of the process? Oh, sorry. That's my least favourite part. Sorry. <laughs> part. <laughs> Do you know that there was something I was like, what's my least favourite? But I knew I hated something. Like when I'm finishing stuff, it's a bit annoying. It's a bit jarring, but I don't hate it. Mm. Like even if I'm in the studio writing, I don't hate it. Even if it gets jarring or it gets a bit annoying, it's just annoying for me. What I hate is doing videos. Yeah, I hate that. Really? I don't like the visual side of things. Like I like the musical side of things. I like putting together ideas and like putting together visuals and how I want it to look. And I can say the idea and everything. But on the day, it's just like a long day. It's 14 hours, Mm. sometimes all two days, three days sometimes. We have to reshoot this. It's just annoying because it's nothing to do with the music. It's nothing to do with the song. It's just visual. Like I wish I could make all the music and then give someone the song and they go and do the video. There's someone else in it. That, po- po- that could possibly look like me or something do it I don't like doing videos when I have video days I get anxiety even on the day I don't really? like it yeah I really don't like it I forgot what I hated you just reminded me <laughs> they can be long and slow and like go again go again and you have to have a big energy for the whole day yeah big energy and look good at the same time it's impossible yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it I've had easy videos though some videos are easy like when I've done my video wrong it was just easy in LA like but other times it's just like this is long man I really want to go home it was just a cold day uh, we had to drive for three hours to get to where we was go- it was just cold and I just oh my god but it came out beautiful I'm always with the end result at the time I'm yeah. really like I'm cold I'm tired I even look good it's funny though isn't it because like the yeah you're looking at the end result and you're like that looks so blissful looks so beautiful and 
at the time. I was like freezing cold. <laughs> I've been there for five, six hours or whatever. It's very yeah. different to what it I'm looks just like. Freezing in the auditorium. Like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't like it. I just don't, <laughs> I hate doing videos. Everyone knows that about me. Said that when I'm on set, I'm like a different person. So that's when, when people judge artists and say, oh, I met them and or oh, I worked on set with them and they weren't mm. great. You always need to think, is this, is this person having a good day? Because it's not it's not personal. It's just like being on set for that long and corresponding and trying to look good and trying to have a be fun. Like, it's just it's so annoying. I just I hate it. <laughs> Yeah, I always think that people always say things like that, don't they? Like, oh, this person, I met them, they were really rude, or they're yeah, like, people always want to say that. And I just think, you know, like people get tired, and sometimes you just don't have the energy to be like really sweet to everyone all the time. I'm sure. I'm, I, like, in their defense, like, I always say it now. Before I was like, oh, really? Like, I didn't know people were rude, but no, it's just, it's a stressful day, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Rachel, thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us. It's been really nice chat and nice to get to know your experiences and your journey. Are you excited about the new year and being able to like get out and perform again and, and maybe tour? Um, thank you for having me. I'm really excited about 2021 because apparently shows are starting again. Apparently. I've seen like some announcements, so I hope so. But I'm really, really excited because I've got so much more music coming out 2021 and everything's all planned. And with Corona, I think it was kind of like a, a curveball. Like it was everything was planned and it was like like everything went yeah. off. But now we kind of know what we're working with. So I have my plans and what I think I'm going to be doing and what I am doing. So I'm really, really excited. Like I've got yeah. so much to come out now from start Yay. to Yeah, That's such a nice feeling to be going to the year with. Yeah, um, it's a really nice feeling. What are your favourite, if people are listening and they want to follow you, obviously they can check out all your music on SoundCloud, as you mentioned, and all major streaming platforms. But yeah. what what are your favourite uh, social channels? Um, probably my Instagram I'm on Instagram every single day and Twitter I like Twitter but Instagram Rachel Fox Inc and Twitter is Miss Rachel Fox is Fox your real surname no it's not Uh, someone named me it like a few years ago it just stuck I was like if it was that's an amazing gifted because it's like a perfect stage name oh thank you it just stuck (laughs) great well thank you so much and thank you so much for listening everyone and um, we will see you next week Thank you. Bye. What up, Lex? eyes on the prize. If no surprise, good women were destined to rise. Inspiring, celebrating, uplifting the new generation. Some hot girls, you know the vibe. All the hot girls come